0: This time on episode 432 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we discussed the 2022 Marvel film Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I'm Anthony Bachman
1: from All Things Good and Nerdy, a geeky podcast part of the Gunning Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other fantastic geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com.
2: You have been granted clearance by Director Alfonso Mack Mackenzie. Stand by for a S.H.I.E.L.D. debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. Director.
0: Now it's time for a scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Michelle.
3: I'm Agent Chris. And I'm producer of this show, Director SP. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show discussing the Marvel Cinematic and Marvel Comic Book universes as told on screen by the wonderful company called Marvel Studios. This show is recorded on Saturday. Yes, a new date and time on June 25th, 2022. Just at least for this one episode. Live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast multiverse-wide come and join our live chat as we record if you didn't already catch it we love talking about the marvels
1: because we can do this all day
0: if you would like to talk to us about doing it all day you can visit our website legends of
1: if you'd like to leave us a voicemail about things that you can do all day give us a call at 844 the bus one that's 844-843-2871
0: you can share what you like to do all day on Facebook, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast.
1: If you're going to be a little bit racier about it, you can probably head on over to Twitter and go to tag us at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D.
0: You can watch us at YouTube.com slash
1: You can also head on over to our Discord server at GunnaGeek.com slash Discord, where at least one of us is probably around there all day.
0: And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the GunnaGeek.com network. So, Chris,
3: legend has it that doing it all day wasn't the only because of that you chose this week.
1: There were so many possibilities. There was because of all the things that are on the table. There was because of the introduction of America. Those were the top three.
3: All right. Well, I'm glad you chose because I could do this all day. What a tremendous callback that was fun yeah we're talking about dr strange in the multiverse of madness this week agent lauren is inching closer to be able to be coming back to the podcast but she's not with us today it's just the three of us we got a lot to talk about so let's just get to it Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Badness was released in theaters on May 6, 2022, and then on Disney Plus streaming on Wednesday, June 22nd, 2022. It was produced by Kevin Feige, who to date has 79 production credits and future projects include the upcoming I Am Groot TV series, Thor Love and Thunder, to be out in theaters I think in about 10 days or so. She-Hulk TV series, which we're all looking forward to, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, 2022, I know we're looking forward to that as well, actually all of these, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania next year, The Marvels next year, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 next year, and several TV series and upcoming projects without a date, including Armor Wars, Iron Heart, Fantastic Four, Echo, Blade and various untitled Marvel Cinematic Universe television shows. All right, Michelle, who directed this episode?
0: This film was directed by Sam Ramey, who has 39 directing credits starting in 1972. Most of us, especially myself, probably know him from the classic 1981 movie, The Evil Dead. He followed that up with Evil Dead 2 in 1987. We have Dark Man, who starred Liam uh, starred Liam Niel- Nielsen as this odd hero, not quite hero. It's an interesting film. Army of Darkness, 1992. And then he did these three little films called Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, and Spider-Man 3. That's, of course, 2002, 2004, 2007. Two episodes of the episode Rake. One episode of Ash versus the Evil Dead. And we have him directing this, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness.
3: All right. So a lot of history there. And I know a lot of people really enjoy his directing. Chris, who wrote this movie?
1: This one was written by Michael Waldron, who has six writing credits going back to 2014. An episode of Rick and Morty. A couple episodes of Loki, where he was also the creator. Couple episodes of Heels, where he was also the creator over there, and this Doctor Strange movie that we're talking about today.
3: We are. We're talking about Doctor Strange, and this cast was amazing. We want to talk about a few of the actors now and some later. It'll become obvious to you what we're doing a little bit later. But Michelle, why don't you talk about some of the noted actors you want to talk about that were in this film?
0: Well, first we have Benedict Cumberbatch. If you were doubting, him being Doctor Strange, this film really solidifies it. If you've seen him from everything from Sherlock to the Enigma Code, where he played um, Alan Turning, you realize he has such a big range. And of course, in this film, he got to really explore it. We've got Twypil Elfajor, who really is, you've got Kinky Boots, where he's musical And then you've got him here as Mordor, who is like charismatic, but then he stabs you in the back. But you don't really care because he really knows how to bring out those nuances of I have reasons and those reasons are valid. So, of course, I'm going to drug you and stab you in the back. And then, of course, we have the one and only Benedict Wong being Wong. He's a delight in anything he is in. He steals every scene that he's in. And that's tough. When you're in a scene with Benedict Cumberbatch and you're holding your own and you're outshining him, some of the moments, that's skill. That is skill.
3: Benedict Wong has some ancient customs for skills.
0: Yes. And even in real life, I would bow before him.
3: (laughs) I'm sure many people try. (laughs) Chris, who are some of the actors that you want to talk about?
1: First off, I really want to highlight what Sochil Gomez did with this as America Chavez. This is the first thing I've seen her in. My wife said she was in a Netflix adaptation of the Babysitter's Club books, and she was also good in that. I'm just going to have to trust Kaylee on that one because I didn't watch it, but seeing her in this movie here... I am so excited for this character moving forward because you cannot introduce somebody the way they introduced her here and not make her show up in as many things as possible. And this being a Sam Raimi movie, of course you have Bruce Campbell because those two childhood friends and everything, you can't get away from them. And Bruce's depiction here of Pizza Papa punching himself in the face for three weeks. How can you not love Bruce getting able to do physical comedy like that?
3: I like both of these actors. First of all, in the comics, at least America was part of the ultimate two team. And that was my first exposure to her. And I've enjoyed learning more about her ever since. There was a short comic book run a few years ago that I purchased and I read, and I look forward to seeing her in the future. As far as Bruce Campbell, I know it's sacrilege because he's been in so much, but I most know him from the Burn Notice show, and he was fun in that, and he brought all that funness into this. I know he's been in a lot. I'm looking at his IMDb credits right now. As an actor, he has 165 acting credits, including Archer and just a ton of voice acting and screen acting. But I just want to give a call out for Burn Notice. If you haven't watched that show, it's just a fun, campy show to watch in the background as you're doing other things. I don't even know where it's streaming right now, but it is well worth your time just to have on in the background.
1: Bruce Campbell is like Tim Curry, though. Like It doesn't matter where you know him from as long as you take your where you know him from and have it lead you into
3: everything else. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I would be a little worried about his face right now. He's hitting his face for three weeks. I think they had to film that all three weeks to get the realistic impact of it.
0: If you've seen him in Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, especially Evil Dead 2, you're like, that is such a Bruce Campbell, Sam Rami thing to do. Yeah. <laughs>
3: It was, uh, and I don't even know about the Pizza King in the comic books, so I'm now going to have to go look that up. I knew about him in this movie playing the character, but I wanted to put it in context on screen. We didn't get a heck of a lot of context on screen. I'm guessing it's a side character. I don't know. So I'm going to look more into that. The actors I want to talk about. First of all, is Elizabeth Olsen. This movie starred her as much as Benedict Cumberbatch, and we'll talk more about her in the movie and what it means for her character, what it means for the MCU, and so on and so forth. But she had to play multiple characters in this from multiple standpoints, and I think she did a great job. And we'll leave it for there for now, but I wanted to note her in this film. I also wanted to note Rachel McAdams because. I do enjoy her in all the films she's in, kind of typecast, but as Dr. Christine Palmer, we might see her again, we might not, I don't know, but if we don't, I did enjoy her in this movie, I enjoyed her character, and I do hope we see her again, but we'll see. And then I wanted to talk about Ross Marquand, who voiced the Ultron bots in the universe 838, and he's noted here, because he's done that before, he's also Ben, the Red Baron, or Red, is it Red Baron? In Endgame. Red Skull? Red Skull, thank you. I'm sorry, I was just literally looking at the Red Baron's aircraft, so that's what was stuck in my head. Yeah, he actually played Red Skull when the infamous moment came where we lost Black Widow. So he did the Ultron voice for this film. So definitely a lot of characters, some more characters we'll talk about later, but I did enjoy the cast in this. No qualms with the casting whatsoever with this film. So the IMDb's description of this film is short and it says Dr. Strange teams up with a mysterious teenage girl from his dreams who can travel across multiverses to battle multiple threats, including other universe versions of himself which threatened to wipe out millions across the multiverse. They seek help from Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, Wong and others. And it doesn't give away anything after that, but I'll tell you what, just so we don't get stuck in the mud talking about the ins and outs of what happened next. We have an exclusive and an epic exclusive synopsis written by our very own Michelle, Michelle, And we are going to cover that right now. Chris, why don't you kick us off? What happened in this film?
1: Well, we open up with a fight between Ponytailed Strange, America, and a demon. Ponytailed Strange tries to take America's powers, which will kill America. However, the strange dies. And after getting caught up by the demon, America makes a portal and our Doctor Strange wakes up.
0: Dear people, no matter how friendly you are with your ex, don't go to their wedding. During a conversation with Dr. Russ, Strange claims his actions were the only way they should have won. His way was the best way. Actually, an episode of How It Should Have Ended shows us that Dr. Strange had five viable options. The link is in the show notes.
3: The wedding reception is disrupted by an attack. Strange whips out the cloak and flies down, impressing all the guests, upstaging the wedding which is a faux pas because you don't outshine the bride on her wedding day. Strange, the cloak and Wong fight the CGI monster octopus doing incredible damage to New York city, AKA the Avengers, what their motives are. M.O. Yeah. But eventually plucks out the monster's octopus eye and saves America. Chavez.
1: We learn that dreams are not wishes your heart makes. Instead, dreams are glimpses into our multiversal selves. America's explanation about the multiverse sparks a unique conversation about Spider-Man. Wong has read the manual that comes with being the Sorcerer Supreme, and Strange learns that the Book of Vishanti is real. America is reluctant to trust R-Strange because of her interactions with the other Stranges. R-Strange buries Ponytail in a rooftop garden.
0: And now it's time to cram a recap of WandaVision into the film. Strange visits Wanda. Wanda claims she's put the magic behind her. During a walk and talk, Strange disses the other Avengers and tells Wanda everything. He realizes his mistake when Wanda calls America by name. Wanda changes the pristine, calm apple orchard into a barren wasteland. She has the Darkhold, a book that corrupts all who use it. Wanda gives Strange an ultimatum. Give me America or face destruction. Her plan to go to another dimension. Why? Because her magic kids from WandaVision are real in all the other dimensions. At Kamar
3: Taj, Wong gives us a summary of the Scarlet Witch's power, which you don't want to see her angry because she can rewrite reality and take over everything. Wong orders Kamar Taj to go into fortress mode. And masters from Hong Kong and London come to help and follow the ancient custom of bowing to the Sorcerer Supreme. Get that Dr. Strange? Wanda comes and shares her pain of killing Vision, an action that had no meaning. After Strange blows the negotiation, Wanda stops being reasonable and demonstrates the Scarlet Witch's power. During an epic CGI battle, she destroys a lot of kamartaj and kills many people.
1: Wanda escapes Strange's mirror cage. We're supposed to feel for Wanda because she's lost her magic boys. During another CGI fight, America creates a portal. Strange and America fall through multiple multiverses. America claims she can't control her powers and reveals that she is the only America Chavez in all of the universes.
0: During the search for Strange's other Strange, we meet Pizza Papa, who's going to hit himself for three weeks a convenient device lets us see America with her moms and how a bee caused her to open a portal, sending her mothers into the unknown because superheroes can't have moms. We're in universe
3: 838, Mordo tells them about the dreamwalking spell in the Darkhold and drugs strange in America. Wanda dreamwalks into 838 Wanda but gets distracted by being with the boys. Sarah destroys the 616 Darkhold by threatening others, Wanda gets Wong to take her to Mount Wundagore, the source of the Starkhold spells. a
1: 838 Christine has locked up Strange, America, and the Cloak. This Christine knows all about the multiverse and magic. Strange is taken to the Illuminati, a panel with very interesting members. Mondo, the Sorcerer Supreme. Captain Carter, the First Avenger. Blackagar Boltagon, Keeper of the Terrigen Mists and Inhuman King. Captain Marvel, Defender of the Cosmos, Fantastic Four member Reed Richards, and Professor Charles Xavier. We learn incursions are bad. 838 Strange created the Illuminati, and that the biggest threat to the multiverse is any Stephen Strange. 838 Stephen got corrupted by the Darkhold and found the Book of Vishanti.
0: At Mount Wendegore, Wanda realizes it is a throne for the Scarlet Witch, who is meant to rule all. After getting a lecture from Wong, Wanda throws Wong over the cliff. 616 Wanda possesses 838 Wanda. Professor Xavier believes in our Strange and tells Strange about the place 838 Strange hid the Book of Ashanti. The fight between Captain Marvel, Captain Carter, and Wanda is intense, but Wanda eventually destroys the Illuminati.
3: Strange and Mondo fight. Strange escapes. America crowns our Dr. Strange as, quote, the better Stephen, unquote, strange. Strange, the cloak, America, and 838, Christine, are chased by Wanda. Stephen opens the door with the watch Christine gave him. Strange, the cloak, Christine, and America find the Book of Vishante, which is destroyed by Wanda. Wanda forces America to open a portal to get rid of Strange and Christine and another to get back home. 838, Wanda has powers and is able to return home. In a
1: dimension with an incursion, R-Strange and Cloak fight Sinister Strange using musical notes. Sinister Strange wanted to be with Christine, but that dimension didn't exist. So Sinister killed other Stranges. Sinister Strange gets impaled. R-Strange uses the dark Darkhold to dreamwalk into Ponytail's dead body.
0: Wong's alive! At Mount Wondegore, Wanda begins the ritual to take America's powers. Possessing a dead body is a big no-no, so Strange has to battle the souls of the damned. With Christine's guidance, Strange uses the souls to fight Wanda. Juan suggests taking America's powers. Instead, Strange tells America to trust herself. The power was in her all along.
3: America realizes she can't beat Wanda. Instead, she gives Wanda what she wants. Time with her boys. In 838, her boys are now terrified of the Scarlet Witch. 838 Wanda confronts R. Wanda. R. Wanda learns she was very wrong. So she destroys Mount Wondagore and every Darkhold in every dimension, closing a lot of plot holes. We're led to believe that R. Wanda is dead, but this is a comic book world, so no body, no proof.
1: Steven makes his love speech. Everyone makes it back to their dimension. Kamar Taj is getting rebuilt, and America has started her training. Strange and Wong talk about happiness, and Strange finally bows to Wong. Steven fixes his watch and opens his third eye. After a few credits, Strange meets Clea, who tells him that he created an incursion, and that they are going to have to go fix it.
3: Wow. A lot happened. And of course, nothing happened, but a lot happened. Michelle, that was great. Thank you very much for putting that together.
0: I'm glad you liked it.
3: I did indeed, because, wow, I I was thinking about that as I was watching it. Like, how can anybody summarize this without going into detail? So, yeah, this definitely was the details we need. All right. So we're now going to transition into our first thoughts. Michelle, I'm going to let you have the floor first.
0: A lot happens, but at the same time, nothing happens. And we have to face the fact that Strange and Wanda are not heroes, even at the end of the film.
1: So I need to put on my little time machine hat here, because I'm going to do an impression of what I was telling Kaylee just repeatedly throughout this whole movie. Do you know what this means? Do you know what's on the table now? And it was just that over and over and over.
3: Have to say, horror movies are not my thing. I'm not into horror movies, and I know this was tamped down a little bit, but there were a lot of jump scares and a lot of horror visuals to this, so it had that feel of it to me. But I loved all the crossovers, the cameos. I loved America Chavez, and I loved the literal world's building because now we have access to the multiverse, and I don't know what that's going to mean eventually. But this literally and figuratively opened a lot of doors. But while I watch it again? I don't know. Maybe I'll never say no and never. But this was not my favorite MCU film because of the horror aspect to it. I know a lot of people liked it because obviously the box office justifies it. But just not my favorite one. Anyway. Let's get into talking about this. Michelle, where do you want to start? You, you got to, somewhere where you're thinking, I, I just need to get off, this off my chest to begin with.
0: We didn't talk about them in our credit segment because we had this epic meeting of all these heroes. It's not like they just pluck some random people to play these individuals. Are the Illuminati is made up of Captain Carter, played by Haley Atwell. Black Bolt, played by Aston Mount. Captain Marvel, by Lashana Lynch. Reed Richard, by John Krasinski. I was surprised that they got John Krasinski in this, but he made a great Reed Richards. And then, of course, we had Pat- Patrick Stewart as Professor Charles Xavier. We have known people playing known characters and then they're gone in less than 10 minutes i was looking forward to a bit more with the illuminati because it was made to be such a big deal i thought maybe dr strange needed to team up with him at least for a little while at least a little bit more than like what did we get? 8 minutes with them with this stellar stellar cast with these awesome awesome heroes. I did like the fight between the two captains and Wanda. But that's really all we got.
3: I don't know if we're going to get more John Krasinski or not. He was like the sole original casting all- along this lines cuz there was no Fantastic Four Richard Reed in the Disney universe, right? And the rest were Fox and brought over or in Disney previously I hope we do get John Krasinski he does make a good Reed Richards but if not at least we got the fan nod to the fact that everybody wanted to see him as Reed Richards so we got him as Reed Richards so that's great I would love to see Emily Blunt in the Fantastic Four too but I don't know again if that is going to happen or not and to date none of the casting has been uh, announced for the Fantastic Four. We recently just lost the director. I can't remember if we got a new director or not for Fantastic Four. But I know whatever is done with that film is going to be good. And it's just a, man- a matter of who's going to be in it, who's going to be directing it, and who's going to be producing it. I did like the fact that we get Anson Mount just because that Inhuman series was just so bad. So at least they gave him a nod to the movie here. And let's talk a little bit about Patrick Stewart. Not only did he play Professor Xavier, but he played the X-Men, the animated series version of Professor Xavier. So we got that nod in there as well. I don't think we're going to see Patrick Stewart again, just as Professor Xavier, because he's ran that to ground. He's old, right? And he had that on farewell with Logan. So I just don't see it happening again. But I did enjoy all of these, including Haley Atwell. The one thing I'll have to say about Haley Atwell in the fight is I don't really just see her on the level of Wanda and Captain Marvel. I, I just, even Reed Richards was, pardon the pun, a stretch to have going against these very powerful characters. They just couldn't compete. I know they held their own for a few seconds, and that's probably more than the three of us could do combined. But it was almost like, I don't even know why you're there in that fight. It was good to get the fight, but I think the biggest part of the fight was Captain Marvel with Wanda, I think, or Scarlet Witch. I think that was the the most believable fight between the two because they're both Infinity Stone powered superheroes.
1: I don't think they go try to bring John Krasinski into this, though, without at least planning to try to keep him around. Because that's just too big of a name and too big of a fan ask for them to do it for under 10 minutes. Everybody else, okay. I mean, you already have everybody having played those roles. In my dream scenario, I think we see Patrick Stewart again as Professor X, but in a like pass it off to somebody else playing the character kind of role and swap out which dimensions Professor X they're going to be using. Just because I think he's had so much fun with it. But one thing that I didn't even realize until this morning they played the X Men animated series theme song when he was coming out, which instantly, when I realized it this morning, I had another little freak out moment with Kaylee, and they got the rights to be able to use it in this movie, which means there is a pretty good possibility that they could have the rights to do something with it for the X-Men 97 cartoon coming out.
3: Uh, Just the music itself? Yep. Yeah, that'd be awesome. As far as John Krasinski goes, he might have priced himself out of being to participate. Now, you could say it would be a huge cash cow for him over the course of multiple movies. So if he wanted to take the part, he could lower his fee a little bit and perceived fee right because it's such a fan ass to have him as reed richards to be able to at least play the character for a few movies but i don't know if marvel's going to want to pay the price that they're going to have to pay to get john krasinski in that at the same time they managed to get patrick stewart back i mean
0: John Krasinski isn't as expensive as Tom Cruise. However, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt are one of the few married duos that actually have on-screen chemistry as well. And even John Krasinski knows how to direct himself and Emily Blunt. The Quiet Place 1 and 2 is the premium example. Quiet Place 1 is the film where John Krasinski and Emily Blunt are in it for the duration. I could believe them as Reed Richards and Susan. Right? Yes, Susan.
3: I could definitely believe it. But I want to see it on screen. And I think a bunch of people want to see it on screen. But because of that, I don't know if they're going to ask for too much to be in on that. And I just don't know if Marvel's going to be willing to pay it. I know there is a pay band that the actors can go in. And I know that Robert Downey Jr. kind of helped the entire cast of the Avengers restructure their contracts to get everybody paid better in the end. And I just don't know if that's going to translate into the wealth of outpouring from the fandom of wanting to continue this and bring in emily blunt that's my concern is i just don't know if the anticipation is going to equal the amount of money that marvel has available to pay them now because as an actor you can play that up you can say look everybody wants me in there so let's do it and i've already played the character and everybody loved it so let's do this but i don't know maybe maybe They're smart about it, knowing this will last for the rest of their lives, and that it's a decent paycheck of whatever Marvel Studios is going to give them. And then, of course, we have to talk about the streaming stuff, because in particular this movie, I think Disney said, or maybe all the, the previous deals that were made said 45 days, and then we can start talking about streaming and exclusively Some. This was less than 45 days that it came out on streaming, so I don't know how that goes for the rights, the the money, or anything else out there, which is also a contractual sticking point that the creators of Endgame are still iffy about returning to producing films specifically for Disney because of it. So, I don't know. It was great though. Great to see the Illuminati. And, and we knew about it going in. We were all spoiled about it, but it was great to actually see the scenes as they were there. Let's talk a little bit about Wanda because we all watched WandaVision. We actually podcast about WandaVision. I think, maybe I'm wrong, but I think you had to have watched WandaVision to really get Wanda's motivation here. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think you had to. And I don't know if that's a mistake or not. But You had to do it. And if you didn't, you just didn't understand her motivations. What do you guys think?
1: I think you could pick up on it, but it's so much better if you've seen WandaVision. Going into it without having seen WandaVision, it's just mother, her kids, she misses her kids, wants to see her kids, and she's magical. But you don't get all the little nuance you get from everything that we know from WandaVision.
0: Yeah, they had to force exposition into all these conversations. Wanda makes the point of, yes, what I did in Westview makes me a villain. But Doctor Strange, you do something that breaks things. You're the hero. You get the Doctor Strange has the force in. Your kids aren't real, Wanda. They're magic. And then she has to go in to... That they exist in all these other universes. It's just this basic motivation of, I'm a mom, I deserve these kids I made by magic, and nothing else. Yes, it would it adds more weight if you've seen Wanda Vision, but if you didn't, this is an abrupt turn for this character. You go from the Avengers, where she does have pain about vision, and she is right about it had no meaning. She was able to pull out the stone. She thought that she had done, you know, did the right thing, and then it was just re it and just got the stone anyway. But for her to go from that to, I want to destroy every single universe in order to be with these kids that I made through magic, It's jarring. And it reduces Wanda into this because of my boys. I don't I lost count of how many times she had to say, I want to be with my boys. My boys this. My boys that. I lost count. And it's because of Elizabeth's acting that we're able to feel anything for Wanda.
3: I'll go a step further. When we left her in Westview. She was very apologetic. She understood the havoc that the whole Westview incident had caused with everybody. And now she's been with the Darkhold for a while. So yes, it's jaded her, but we've now gone past where she was. And now she wants to be with her boys so much that she's willing to destroy everything to get to her boys. I don't know. That's a little bit of a jump for me, even watching WandaVision and going here. Again, I understand Darkhold will jade anybody that's been using it, and she obviously had been using it, but wow, that's that's tough for Wanda to have to deal with that. I also had an issue with the fact that why doesn't Wanda just work with America to get her to go to another universe, like actually train with her to try to hone her powers in just like the Avengers, right? And say, hey, I would like to go be with my boys. Can you help me do that? And I think she would have done that. And it would have helped her get back to her moms as well. So, like, I just don't understand that whole thing. She's very powerful now. She took out all of Kamar and it took America not physically or in a fight to defeat her, but to defeat her with her own evilness in front of her fake boys in another universe that's how america defeated her so she's very very powerful i don't believe that she died at the end but she might have i don't know
1: well that's why we've introduced the idea that everybody exists in every other universe anyway so death in marvel movies means less than nothing now they can just go pull another version from another universe
3: I'll add on to that and say, I think we're seeing a lot of the end of character arcs, of course, Captain America, Tony Stark, Black Widow. We've seen those arcs and they've ended. This might be the end of the Wanda or the Scarlet Witch arc. I don't know, but I think I have to become at peace with the fact that we're only going to get these characters for so many years before the actors themselves have to move on and, We're just going to lose the character stories as the MCU goes on, just because there's so many characters in the MCU to look at. I mean, that's just ultimately the issue that I come up with is I, as a viewer, as a fan, I'm going to just have to become at peace with we're it's done. We're not going to get these people again. Just my two cents.
0: I am curious, Chris, you watched WandaVision, correct? Oh, Yeah. I know you weren't here with us podcasting about it. So, how did you feel about seeing Wanda go from that into the movie? Was it jarring for you or what else?
1: Not really. You had all of that at the end where, you know, she's obviously using the dark old and that's going and corrupting her. And I also kind of have what I know about her from the comics, where I know that there are times where she just ends up going super dark. So, this made perfect sense to me. You know, she wants to see her kids. She lost her kids. She found a way to get her kids back. And, you know, completely skipping over the fact that she was going to have to destroy alternate version of hers relationship with the kids or just outright kill alternate version of her. So she could take that one's place. I totally buy all of this and the way she reacted to everything.
3: In the comics, one of the stories with her ends with her abolishing, just erasing from the universes, all the mutants by whispering, we're mutant. We- Spoiler from a story out there, but she does that, and then there's just a loss of a lot of mutants out there. I don't necessarily think that that's a storyline that they could bring her through if they want to maintain some sort of cohesiveness to the comic book stories in the future. So again, I don't know if we're going to see her again or not. If we don't, Elizabeth Olsen has had a heck of a ride, and she's shown us a lot of emotion. She's shown us a lot of great acting. There is that terrible thing that happened with Vision, which she mentions again. I don't know what's going to happen with that in the future. If we get her back again, it's going to be fun. It's going to be good because she's such a good actor. She'll take a a terrible storyline and she'll turn it on its head. But hopefully, it won't come to that. It was interesting. Uh, It made me think over and over again, ever since I watched it for the first time Wednesday night, when Doctor Strange, when cumberbatch basically said dreams are windows into the lives of our multi-universal selves so every time i have a dream now i'm thinking oh is that me in another multiverse is that really happening Ooh, i don't know how i feel about this now
1: well i definitely don't like it because totally legit story here last night i had a dream where my wife and I had a house that somehow had a pet polar bear in it, and people didn't believe us that the polar bear would eat them. And so they would go in and try to visit the polar bear, and then they would get eaten.
3: Could you have dreamed of sloths instead, maybe?
1: I tried. That whole house was weird, though. We don't have time to get into that here. But if that house ends up being real somewhere, I feel really sorry for the people living in it.
3: Yeah. All right. Uh, So, Michelle, you had a note here that I want to hit now, was that both Doctor Strange and Wanda had storylines that they were manipulating, and they were doing... Wanda mentions it. How do you get to do what you did, and you're a hero, and I do what I am, and I'm a villain. But there was also the whole Spider-Man thing. So, yeah, just a lot of these... Super powerful beings doing a lot of stuff to us. And I don't know if they're necessarily being held accountable.
0: They basically do the same thing. Wanda took over minds for Westview, manipulated their lives. Then, on a bigger scale, Doctor Strange messes with everybody's mind across the world in order to get rid of Peter Parker, which is glossed over. In the film. He says. America asks. Do you have any experience with the multiverse? Doctor Strange. Oh yeah. There was this thing with Spider-Man. Wong. Glosses over it as well. I know this is a, this is a script thing. But they are both not heroes. And. Strange. Manipulating the entire world. To erase Peter Parker. Means. He had to alter everyone's reality in some sort of way. And if you're thinking, well, it doesn't need to be the entire world, Michelle. Yes, the entire world learned that Peter Parker was Spider Man. So no matter if you're in America or Australia or in Nairobi or Japan, you probably heard about this news. So everyone had to be manipulate it and it becomes this quirky little conversation about whether or not spider-man shoots webs from his butt
3: i hope not by the way i hope we don't have to see that on the screen
1: i'm interested in seeing that on the screen now
3: i don't know how they could have brought it up and the reason why i don't know how they could have brought it up is because you've told everybody to forget i guess maybe you could remember that you told everybody to forget who Spider-Man was, but you remember that you made that spell. That would be the only way that I could see you bringing it back, remembering the spell, but not the essence behind it. Is that two meta?
1: I can see it working, just like blurry face over who you're talking to as you're doing the spell.
3: Yeah. So, I don't know if we'll ever get to see that again. And I don't know what that means for the Spider Man universe. What I do know in this film, we got a bunch of nods to the comics. We got all the Doctor Stranges out there. We've got all the universes that they were jumping through. And I ran into some research that told me all of this. Are you guys ready to run down a couple of lists? Sure. Yes. Let's start with the Doctor Stranges. And Help me out if I've left anybody off the table here. We start with Ponytail Defender Strange, and we kind of end with him, too, with the dead Ponytail Defender Strange. We also get the 838 Strange that the Illuminati killed, and we saw that in a flashback. We got Sinister Strange. We got Zombie Strange. So those were the four Stranges in addition to the Strange R Strange, the, the now 616, and that's a whole other conversation our universe in the MCU is now labeled 616. But those were the four Stranges. And Strange Bearing Strange was a site that, I don't know what kind of ordinance that would actually be okay with, but in the end, we don't have to worry about that corpse being found because then Defender Strange left. So we don't have to worry about him being found. Anyway, those were the strange as i remembered seeing did you guys remember seeing anybody else Do you have a favorite
1: i think my favorite was zombie strange just seeing the zombie strange from the what if show pop up here in live action stuff that was just so cool how they pulled that off and just the dichotomy there between dr strange being the grossest most disgusting one that you saw visually but he ended up being the sweetest one telling America, just, this is you. You need to go finish this off. I believe in you. I thought it was really cool.
0: I like the cape. Well, the cloak. But the cloak, whenever the cloak is with a Doctor Strange. So I guess by proxy, our Doctor Strange, because the cloak, I'm sorry, but to me, the cloak is an entity among itself which is why in the synopsis i said dr strange wong and the cloak fight the monster because the cloak ends up going by itself to save america and doing other things smacking dr strange back so my favorite is the cloak which means it's our dr strange
3: I can't argue with that. I mean, the cloak was awesome. I wanted to bring up the cloak too. cloaks doing its own thing, saving America, as you mentioned, and just being, uh, got damaged, but Christine actually fixed it. So we have a fixed cloak out there. I think it's great. I am glad we still have the cloak. I'll add the, I don't know what to call it at the very end, because I think we're a little bit off script when we get strange with the third eye at the very end, when he, kneels down in the street and grows the third eye, which would be weird if I was anywhere around there, by the way. I mean, if you see a superhero walking down the street, it's not like Avenger Con. You just don't want to be near them. So I would cross the street to go to the other side because you never know what's going to happen when you're within proxy of them. Right. But in this particular case, he grows the third eye. I don't know don't know what this means i don't know what strange we have now i mean it's our strange but i don't know is good is he bad is he still part of the avengers is he off on his own i just don't know now with that end credit scene
1: yeah because you had dr strange in the comics starting off with that third eye motif going but that was just a lot of like visual cues for he see mystical things so this could be a third eye that's kind of like that You also had Tilda Swinton telling him in the first movie, hey, open your eyes so you can see all this mystical stuff that's going on. So you have even movie background for it. But then you also had Sinister Strange with his third eye after using the Darkhold. So which one are we getting?
3: Right. I got the other list here. All the universe. I did not write these down. I did. I, it was went by so fast for me that I was like, I need to look this up. So I did a little research. The direct.com had an article of the 14 universes that were shown in this film. So I'll just go down the list and you guys can talk about your favorite ones after we're done. The living tribunal statue world, the onslaught canyon world. The honeycomb world, the mirror world, the cube world, the paint world. You don't want to get stuck there because it's really hard to eat. The comic book world, the post-apocalyptic world, the underwater world, not to be confused with the Kevin Costner film, the alt New York world, the pipe world, the Savage Land world, which I think we're going to eventually get in the MCU. We'll talk about that. I know the Wanderers is part of the future for the MCU and the Hydra world, like Hydra, like. Shield Hail Hydra world, and of course, the universe 838 that we spent the most time in. So, out of all those, even though we saw many of them just for a few seconds, Chris, which is your favorite?
1: I'm assuming here that what you're calling comic book world is the one where they were animated, right?
3: Yes. I think Marvel actually officially came out with the names of these, and the direct was just reposting that. So They called it comic book world, but yes, that was the animated world.
1: As long as we're talking about the same thing, I'm fine, because I think that was my favorite. That brings what if on the table, anything that happened there, on top of the fact that you have the same zombie strange, that brings anything else animated, potentially as canonically connected to the MCU, which means X-Men 92 and X-Men 97. That's how we can get our mutants.
0: I want to know how you live as paint. I don't
3: know. I mean, America said it's very difficult to eat, so I don't know how you can exist. But yeah, that was kind of strange. The one that I queued in on, it kind of looked like Portal World was Pipe World. And the description was like it was Tony Stark tech going on everywhere. But that was the one that I was like, I wonder what this is, because it looked like the most futuristic to me and stuff like that. The one that looked most horror to me was the cube world where the, you know, their faces were all cubed and stuff like that. I know that's probably like a Minecraft thing or something like that, but I was like, yeah, that would, mm, I don't know how that would work. Yeah, they're just living in an eight bit. I'm used to it. It's yes, you are play dot So we've been talking about this and I, Please forgive me for calling it this, but stupid darkhold book for years on this podcast. And the fact that we had multiple copies of the stupid dark hold out there and what it meant and were we okay with it and everything. We have multiple conversations on it. This film basically took it off the table because strange literally said Wanda destroyed every version of the dark hold out there. So now we don't have to worry about, is this the dark hold that is in this property of Marvel? I think it was a good way to close all those loops off.
1: I'm treating it like a dead body. We didn't see them all destroyed. You could have it pop up later. Okay. Or he could just be wrong.
0: Well, we saw the one that Dr. Strange was using to that was destroyed. And it does. If you've watched The Runaways and if you watch S.H.I.E.L.D., Destroying them on those two properties, it closes that hole. Because we were always speculating, is that the same dark hold? Does the dark hold manifest differently depending on who's wielding it? We had a lot of ideas as to what it was. And now by destroying this mountain, we don't have to worry about it anymore.
3: I like that. I like just... (laughs) <laughs> letting it go like okay we're, we're done with it and we can go along with the future but chris is right we didn't physically see all of the dark holds they didn't like pop up a graphic with the, the 14 universes they showed and then the dark hold just being destroyed in all of them so yeah i get you, chris but i'm in my head canon they're all gone because <laughs> it just makes everything fit together a little bit better in my mind
1: even that being said for me I don't think we're going to see the Darkhold again for a while, if we ever see it again.
3: Yeah, even the vishante at least the one Vishante. well, is there only one? Anyway, it was destroyed, so kind of hard to have a Darkhold without a Vishante. You have to have something to balance it out with, otherwise it just becomes too powerful and that's the end of the story in the end. All right, Michelle, did we leave anything on the table for you? Is there something you want to explore a little bit more here?
0: One of the things about this film. It was interesting. We had all these horror elements, which is why Sam Rami is a good choice. The fact that he was also able to get Benedict Cumberbatch to act against Benedict Cumberbatch, that was fascinating to watch. But for some reason, this story ended up being about these little moments. Wanda. 616 WANDA meets 838 WANDA. 838 WANDA touches her cheek. And now our WANDA is like, oh no, I did a bad thing. I got to fix it. Doctor Strange tells America, trust in yourself. And America's all of a sudden, yeah, I can I could do this. There's no natural progression. It's just WANDA doing bad thing, doing bad thing, doing bad thing. Oh, now I realize it. America not understanding, not under, uh, not understanding. And all of a sudden, Strange being like the Witch of the North from Wizard of Oz saying, you could have gone home anytime if you just believed in yourself. Then click the shoes. It would have been nice to have had a more organic way, but it is what it is.
3: Yeah, we can't change it. Chris, is there anything that you left on the table so far
1: Marvel has been doing a really good job getting diversity of characters and actors in lately. We're seeing it with Miss Marvel where you finally have a middle Eastern superhero and you're seeing it here with America Chavez. Um, in the comics, you have her canonically as a lesbian and for the movie, they added a pride pin on her jacket. They added the words, amor es amor, which is, means love is love is Spanish. And I love that they're getting these things in because way too many of my friends just aren't finding people they can connect with in the movies. And now you're getting more and more diversity in here. And I only expect that to get better in the future.
0: Took him a decade.
1: Yeah, it should have happened sooner, but it's happening. So, slight finger wag for taking this long, but overall, from at least my end, happy that it is happening.
3: I enjoyed the fact that Stephen Strange is continuing the MCU trope of Nick Fury and Tony Stark's poor negotiating skills. Where you have a big bad coming up against you, you have this negotiation moment, and it just goes wrong the other way. Nick Fury did it with Loki, Tony Stark's done it multiple times, and it just doesn't work any of the times, right? It just ends up in a big fight right away. And Stephen Strange, with the Camartage negotiating moment, you know, Wong basically said, yeah, don't screw it up you got every the whole universes are counting on you. he goes up there, he screws it up, he comes back down, he's like, "Okay, guess we gotta go into fortress mode now and wanna just tears everything up so yeah, Dr. Strange is continuing that long earned tradition in the m c u of poor negotiating skills. I think they gotta teach that at Avenger skill,
0: but then there wouldn't be a movie
1: fair. Also, I don't think he could have done a good enough job to keep her from attacking.
3: She was hell-bent on it, literally and figuratively. Yep. All right. Well, I'll just end with this. I started with this. I don't know if I'm going to watch this one again. There's a lot that happened, and there were some good things that happened, but horror is not my thing and all the jump. so now, the once that I've seen it, the jump scares are just not, they're not a big deal anymore. But it's like, I, I don't want to relive the whole jump scare thing. So that and the horror in general, just not my cup of tea. Not that this is a bad movie, it's just not my cup of tea. So I don't know if I'm going to be watching it again. So I, I don't know if you guys are or not, but it's on Disney Plus. You can watch it as much as you want.
1: You just got to make sure you put the right things in your tea before you watch it. I mean, personally, I like to go with just some sugar and black tea and I just leave the bag in there. So it continuously steeps all day long because I'm one of those monsters.
3: Mm. You like sucking out all of the tea from the leaves.
1: Hey, it's in there. I don't want to waste it.
3: Okay. Michelle, you going to watch this again?
0: I doubt it. I might watch a part of it. I have to admit with like in game. In order for me to to get past the time travel, which I can't stand in the movie, I just kind of like to watch the last 40 minutes, the fight, where and then I tear up even now on your left. It gets to me, but only if I skip to that part.
3: Yeah. And we did have the I could do it all day. Comment that Chris pointed out at the beginning of the of the podcast. I th- I like the nods. I do. I like the world building. I'm glad they did all that because otherwise I would have been like, "Why did I watch this?" So yes, I I did enjoy those parts of it. It was just a horror film. I'm just not going to do it again.
0: All right, is that it for everyone? Last call. It's Chris. Are you going to watch it again?
1: I'll probably end up watching this again, but how often? really depends on what movies come after because if it's a bunch of teasing for things that don't happen then i might watch it again just because that's the only place i'll get it
3: and we've been fooled before so to speak with thor being thor 2 being so instrumental in the mcu that it's almost a prerequisite to go back and watch that so you can get the nods that happened afterwards and I know it's the time travel thing that you're not cool with Michelle, but to understand what's going on in Thor two, the dark world gives you the credence of of what happens after it. So maybe this is one of those. I don't know. I mean, a lot of people enjoyed it. It made a lot of money. So, and we've been talking about it all along. We just don't have a story about it today. All right. That wraps up our discussion on Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. Next time we'll get together. Well, these two will get together and they will talk about Ms. Marvel season one, episode four. I'm looking forward to watching it. I just won't be around to podcast about it. So that will come out when I get back into town and we will be back together for episode five and six on Miss Marvel. So Michelle, what do you think we should do now?
0: Well, I think we should grab America's hand and pop through some multiverses.
3: Thank you, everybody, for being with us. I know a lot of you have a lot to say about Dr. Strange. If you want to comment on this, either on our Twitter account at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. or on our Discord server, which is at gunnageek.com slash Discord, go ahead, leave a comment. We will talk about it in the future because I know a lot of you have a lot to say about Dr. Strange.
0: Yes, thank you for downloading us and consuming our content. We know you are busy. And we always are grateful you take time out of your day to consume our product. If you want to know what else I'm up to and what I'm thinking, you can follow me on Twitter at shell underscore game.
1: And thank you for completely understanding why we waited so long to talk about this movie. I really hope this episode was worth the wait for you. Actually, I take that back. I know this episode was worth the wait because podcasting with Michelle and SP is always fun. And Lauren, when she gets back, I know we'll be a bunch of fun with it as well. But if you want to hear more from me, as always, you can head on over to Play Comics, where not much has changed from the last episode we recorded. So we're still looking at Godfell Universe and producing The End of the World as the next couple of things coming up.
3: Yeah, for one, I'm glad I watched the movie. I should have said this before, but I'm glad I watched Doctor Strange at home versus in the theater, because I just I don't know if I would have liked it. I, I watched the Blair Witch trial or whatever that thing was called in the theater and my hands were just gripping the seat armrest the entire time the entire time for the movie and I think I might have been doing it for this so I'm just glad I got a chance to watch it at home thank you Disney very much for putting it on Disney Plus until next time
0: I'm Director SP I'm Agent Michelle
3: and I'm Agent Chris see everybody next time bye Bye.
2: Bye. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to Gunnageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on Pond5.com and AudioJungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended.
0: going to go ahead and hit record just so I don't forget to hit record because hitting record is necessary.
1: That is a wonderful idea. I should follow your example.
3: The way we podcast. Yes, it is necessary.
1: (laughs) Are you getting to play with it yet?
3: No, it's in my hands if you call that playing, but no, I haven't hooked it up yet. I literally unboxed it to the unboxing video and that was the last, last thing I could do before. Everybody showed up, so I haven't had a chance to do anything with it. I did measure, because there was a comment on the YouTube video, I measured the height with the dust cover, which came in to be 3 and 5 eighths inches.
1: Were they curious, or did they think it was too tall?
3: I don't know. They didn't mention if it was too tall or not. Somebody asked what the height was with the dust cover, and that the unit itself was 3.3 inches. And I measured it, and it was very scientifically too. And it was three and five eighths. The guy said, "Thanks." That's the benefit of my video: is nobody else was talking about the stupid dust cover. <laughs> I unboxed the dust cover, so that might be my claim to fame, Mister Roadcaster Dust Cover Boy. At the end, at Carmartage, when America's doing her little sorcery thing and she gets gets a little spark, it's like, yeah, you just got a little spark. And I'm thinking, it's been a while. I mean, this movie's been out a while. She's been doing some training. I bet you she'd be a hoot at 4th of July this year.
0: I bet. Oh, and I forgot to ask you guys, are you happy? I lost count. There's at least four, if not five cases of, are you happy?
3: I liked Wong's answer to that though. Said, I'd like to think that in all the multiverse that what I've done is what's making me happy. I liked it. That's not a direct quote. I forgot his direct quote, but you know what I'm saying, right?
1: Yeah, Wong just continues to be the light of happiness in the entire Marvel universe.
3: <laughs> Which is really funny because in the Martian he was like <laughs> he's almost like the punching bag.
0: If you're yeah, if you're wondering, one of the things that the episode of um, how it should have ended, one of them is Wong coming to the fight uh, to Wakanda and just going, Mirror Dimension, Wong. <laughs> <laughs> like Wong for the win. Oh, that's that's one of my favorites. Bye. Oh, oh, okay. Well, that oh, was. Oh, wait, he's I guess coming you're in back. charge now. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2022.